Hello, everybody, everybody in my communities, you know, etc., etc. I come here today as a previous black man that been convicted, you know, that that done did time, you know, that's trying to change his life. I've been home approximately about two years now, and I still see the same issues. I look at it like I see that these people that's in these government bodies, the judicial system, they quick to incarcerate a black man. They quick to, you know, do what they want to do with a black man. But they call this stuff, you know, they want to do prison reform. They want to do all these issues with saying they saving the community, helping the community, or they getting these criminals and they call prison rehabilitation centers. Prison can't be a rehabilitation center. It's not enough programs, especially for anybody that's been behind these walls that understand this. I mean, you got, what's the percentages of black men that come home and do the right thing? The biggest thing for us is resources. We don't have a lot of resources. What happened to the people that come home to nothing? Like if you ever seen the movie um, Imperial Dreams, and we look at these black men that come home that have kids and, you know, that's subjected because of child support, because of the previous, you know, stint that they did behind the walls. What programs do you actually have? Because when you go to these jobs, these jobs is asking you, do you have a violence driver's license? And when they ask you, do you have a violence driver's license? Let's go. Let, let, let's just take it to square one. You go to, to try to get a driver's license. And what if you don't have money to get a driver's license? Where are you supposed to go? Oh, you're going to say, um, I got to go to um, child support. I, I got to, um, not child support, but um, I got to go to um, welfare. And these welfare is supposed to have these workshops and programs for you. Um, thank God, fortunately, I don't have these issues. But I was a, one of the guys that came home to nothing. You know how hard it was to find a job. And we talking about a job that's maintaining to the point that you can have, you can cover your bills, like housing, getting the vehicle, going back and forth to work. And we and they stick. And you know what's crazy about these 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 programs, these prisons, and stuff like that, right? They send you back to the same communities because they want recidivism. So they send you back to the same communities where you did crime at or you did things that you got to look over your shoulder. So for individuals that do come home, what's the chances you really actually making it out if you don't have a change of environment or change of community? And then when we go to move and try to, you know, we got families, we got kids, any things of this nature. We want to move and, and be in communities because everybody is subjected to change. I don't care if you was a murderer or whatever the case is. Everybody is subjected to change. It's the point in time in your life when you want to be mature. And you want to mature and you want to stand up for what's right. You want to live pious. You want to do all these things. And so when they send you back to these communities, you have nothing. And you're looking for support. And if you don't have support, you don't have these resources. So, okay, say if I don't have a phone that has great internet... If I don't have a phone or I don't have this these type of um, capabilities to make things happen for me, where am I supposed to get support? Okay, they, sit, they stick you inside a halfway house. I mean, man, they stick you inside of a half, halfway house. So you're inside of a halfway house 
trying to get, you know, put on by jobs and going to jobs. These jobs is looking to say, do you got a valid driver's license? Then when they ask you, do you got a valid driver's license? You okay, you, you say you don't have a driver's license, so you can't get the job. Because most of these employers, when they look and see that you don't have a driver's license, they're like, what, what, what's, what's up with this guy? This guy got gaps in his history. What's up with this guy? This guy had to have been a criminal or had to have been a convicted felon. So this vicious society, this caste system, this caste system that, you know, of inheritance and, you know, predominate, you know, we ain't, we ain't just going to go into just the skin color. But this is the way America works. So these employers... You go to these employers and you ask, I need help. And you're willing to really work your butt off, you know, to, you know, to really get things done and try to really be a good person in life. And they don't they won't help you. They won't help you. So you go in there, you be like, um, I got the capabilities of doing this, even though you might really have the capabilities of doing such a thing. But you go here. And you go to these, you know, these employers and trying to get a job and then they want to tell you that they're going to pay you nine dollars an hour. But they want 12 hours. They want 12 to 16 hours of work at nine dollars an hour. What am I supposed to do? How can I survive off that? How can I pay a rent? Okay, and if I and if I do happen to get government assistance, we talking about welfare and things like that. Where is they going to station me at? For a housing unit. And I know I'm going kind of fast right now. And I'm sorry because I'm jumping for multiple topics. But I just want to figure it out. How, where am I going to be stationed at? Okay. When, when you know, a Caucasian or somebody that's out of the, you know, the black color that don't, that, you know, that, that doesn't have a criminal jacket, a criminal background, a criminal record. When they when they go to get government assistance, they get government assistance and they 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 get section eight in these good areas. When a black person that's a criminal, it's most likely a chance that you won't get section eight, especially as a black man. So you try to get section eight, where they gonna establish you at? In a project um, housing development, where it's high crime at, where you still might have to protect yourself, or wear uh, or, or wear a gun, wear a gun. That's not licensed. So the chances of you going back to jail, the recidivism rate is high for state and federal individuals and juveniles. So you send me back to the same community with probation or parole and say, I can't lead a state of such and such. So I can't lead a state of such and such. Why can't I lead a state of such and such? If you know that such and such always put me back in a wrong place. It puts me back in a place where I might have to do something to get myself out of a situation. And I don't have the necessary resources to help me out. Where do my help come from? This is why black people, black athletes, people with money still supposed to, when they make it, they're supposed to help their communities out. How can we get better as a people if we're not helping our people out? Because for surely, you know, the Caucasians, the whites, they for surely going to help their people out. They're going to make sure there's no trash on their their lawns. They're going to make sure they clean up their neighborhoods. And it's it's sad to see that, you know, I'm a truck driver. I'm a 9CDL truck driver. And, you know, I go to see other individuals and they go to these communities and they go to these, you know, these predominant Caucasian communities or these Indian communities or these Chinese communities and they might be a trash truck driver for um, an example. 
they go to these communities, they be so nice. They be quick to try to get a tip. They be like house dudes. You know, the, the back in the day house dude that make the pie and clean up and be a butler. And you know, you know, I, I don't want to go too far in it. But these guys, they go into the communities, they looking for a tip. They Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But when you come back to your own same old community from J.P. Mascaro that might be paying you $100 a day, that's $500 a week. How can you survive on that? But you ain't quick to take care of your community, clean your community up. You ain't quick to help your people out. It's sad. And I'm jumping on many topics because I have a strong passion. I've been on both sides of the field. I know the racism. I know the issues. I've been there. I've been previously incarcerated. I've been there for a long stint of time. And it's people that I know that I love and, you know, they understand this also. When is we going to help our community out? When is we going to help our people out? When is we going to have resources? Because it's, it's crazy because you, you anybody, you know, from middle class to poor class to high class, we, we all can be subjected to breaking the law and get incarcerated. And you're going to want somebody to help you. You're going to want somebody to help you. But what about all these black people? That's coming home, not just black people, but people in general that come home as men and they don't have the resources. Where do they get their help at? Where is their help? Who's going to help them? I don't see no help for black men. I see all these programs for women. Okay, black woman, any woman. I see all these programs for women. Okay, she's a single mother. They got this program for her. They got, they got this program for her. If, she's, if she was on drugs, they got this recovery program. Okay, they got recovery programs for black men too. But what about the housing issues? What about these issues of homeless black men that really want to do the right thing? It might and, and have the necessary skills. They have trades. Might not be on, certain, on paper, but they know how to fix cars. They know how to do this. They know how to do that because most of the dudes that that been in previous incarcerated, they have a a, a, a wide skill set because you got to know how to survive. You got to know how to make it happen. Off of you, you're not you. You working for seven cent, what five cent? You getting twenty eight dollars a month. You gotta you gotta know how to make things happen. You gotta know how to survive off the little bit. You gotta know how to budget. You know how you got to find your hustle, either creating cards or whatever you're doing. You got to go into these these workshops and become an electrician or a plumber and work for these crews. But you only get $28, $50 a month. They cut Unicorn, so everybody that was doing Unicorn, they cut that. So you might get two, $300 a month. But you're making these, these prisons millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But they don't. They won't give you the necessary certification. And if you do, and if you is trying to get a certification, they tell you you got to be there five years, or it's a long list. It's a long list, so you can't. You trying to get a journeyman's license, but you've been you've been working at this same prison, you know, getting trying to become an electrician, so you can go home with a skill to make it happen. And then when you do get, get home, and you didn't become a journeyman. And you, you're trying to get home. You're trying to do the right thing. They tell you, oh, go to Career Link. Career Link got a, a, long, a long line. They tell you, go to these. This got a long line. You need capital. You need money. You're talking to a person that you know, I'm a, I'm a business owner now. I got a business. But what about these individuals that come home and they don't have no help? 
and they want to do the right thing. They don't want to go back in the streets because I was one of them and I'm, I'm not in the streets. But it's people that got detrimental situations worse than mine's. And, you know, all praises due to the most high. But you got people that have worse situations than mine. And they want to do the right thing. But it's hard for them to do the right thing. They got all these trials. They got to face the court systems. They got to face parole, probation. And then anybody that say, oh, no, nah, it's, it's not hard. Yes, it is hard. It is hard. It is hard. And I had resources. I had the intelligence, the knowledge. But what if you don't have the knowledge and intelligence? What if you don't have the network assistance? What if you don't have these things? Every, all men is not created equal. So you can't say, okay, it was easy for me. You had resources. Most of the time, if it, it was easy for you, you had resources. You had a good family background. You had this. What if you a person that did 29 years and he don't have a mother, a father, or a brother, or these people that put him in a position, a power, that make it happen? What happens to these individuals? I know what happens to these individuals. They are targeted by police. These people backtrack because they ain't got the necessary programming, the, next, the necessary funding for these individuals. And these so-called pro-black institutions ain't really, it's so much they say, oh, I got to do this, I got to. But y'all on the political side of the things, but what is, what, what is the help at when a person do call you and they need help? What are you helping them at? I don't see the help. The only thing I see is political gain. And nonprofit organizations getting funded and getting and getting all this money to come in of a one five hundred one c three of these nonprofit organizations, but they're not necessarily really helping all these black people because if all these nonprofit organizations or all these pro black groups really helping the people, then why then if we got all these people that want to speak out but ain't doing nothing, ain't having no results, ain't helping these people that have been previously incarcerated. If you're not helping these people, then you're just speaking. you speaking words without actions. It's no such thing. You can't say, I believe to help my people, but it's no necessary action. A cop can't come in the community and say, I just want to make sure y'all have a safe community. You can't say you, have, you want us to have a safe community when you're constantly targeting black men. But this, 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 this Caucasian, he got pulled over. He had a DUI. You gave him a slap on the wrist. You stopped this vehicle. You let you call Bob and Tom. Let him call Bob and Tom to come get the vehicle. You tell him to take him home. But these other individuals of color, like me, black, you could be Mexican, you could be whatever the case is, but you're of color, they quickly incarcerate you. They get a jacket. Then you, you, you wonder what does incarceration do to a family? You take a person... You quick to incarcerate them. These individuals, they don't get a slap on the wrist. This puts a financial strain on the wife, the family, the daughter, the sons. And it's and it's strain because he can't he can't take care of his family properly from prison because you're paying me only $28 a month. $200 a month. <laughs> what is this going to help? How can this help? Even if I'm working inside prison, how can I help my family? And now she got to do it all by herself. He, he or she. It could be a female that can be incarcerated. But we're not talking about that. There's, the majority that's locked up is black men. It's not no one out of every 10 black person, no person in jail. It's like got to be like one out of four, one out of seven now. But one out of 110 Caucasians, no person in jail. 
Mex- Mexican, Spanish, Hispanic. One out of 40. And y'all quick to get these, these foreigners that come from other com- countries, no disrespect to them at all, because I have a love for foreigners also, but you're quick to get them a financial grant. You, y'all, y'all quick to get them grants and loans. But people that's on your soil that built this country, Booker T. Washington's and all of them, that built this country, that, that we've been kidnapped, my ancestors have been kidnapped from their, their continent, and sold over here. That's why we got the name like Davises and Williams and stuff like that. And these individuals, it's, it's, they already in debt. We already in debt. Because we can't go to a financial institution with a $9 an hour, a $12 an hour job and say, I need 50000 in capital to, to start my own business. Even 20000 in capital to start my own business. They put you in. They put you through hell. You might have a good dream, a good game plan, but they put you to hell. They be like, "Oh, you don't have sufficient income. You know, your your payment is not this. You you, you don't make enough money for us to give you a loan for this. But we will give you a loan for five thousand. I can can I start a company with five thousand dollars? But I give you a loan for five thousand. The interest rate highish, so you paying back way more. So they set us up to be subjected to say, okay, I, I do start getting some money. I'm going to try to get me a car note. You get yourself a car note. Smoke you. You done smoked yourself because you don't even got it. Anything can happen. Anything can happen from a job, whatever the case is. And you get a car note. Anything happens to your car or whatever the case is. Now you're in debt. I can go into all the intricate detail, the intrinsic details of this or anything they quickly put us in debt with credit cards student loans i me personally i don't i don't i wouldn't allow my my daughter to go just say straight go to a college i would tell her to learn to trade because i feel as though college for a lot of black people is a financial debt also because it's hard, it's going to be hard for you also when you when you when you do graduate college and you is trying to look for specific jobs they already have a place of you know superiority for these you know these ethnic groups so i know i'm i'm not going to put his name on air but i know an individual right and I was working for a previous company, and I'm a truck driver. And this individual really told me. He told me out of his mouth, and he uh, um he Caucasian. He told me. He said, yo, you know, I was incarcerated for 10 years before, right? I'm like, what? And he told me what he was incarcerated for. And, you know, I'm not going to speak, put that on air. But he told me he was incarcerated before. He said I, they couldn't have did a background check because this is a prolific company and things like this. Like, this is a high company because he's making this such and such dollars and money. Whatever the case is, and I'm like, dang, you they didn't even do a background check, but let you be black. Let you be a person of color. And you try to get the same position. They're gonna do the they're gonna fulfill the background check. They're gonna do all this NVR, even if you're not even driving for a company, they're gonna do this motor vehicle record. They're gonna see if you got gaps in your history. This this guy did 10 years. They quick. They was quick, and he's he's a friend of mine. They they was quick 
that put him in fulfilled his position. When it could be a, a a person of color that never been incarcerated, have all the credentials that fulfill this position. But if you look at most of these Fortune 500 companies or these companies, you never see black people in a position of power unless they put these people in a position of power to be their fall guy. So don't be quick to subject yourself to take a job because most of the time, if you do become a manager position and you're a black person, and I see this all the time, they put a black person in a position and make them feel like to get some type of self-worth. And, they, and a black person might be really thinking that, that they in a high position, but you're all the fall guy. And you're not making what they making. But you working your ass off for your family, for pennies. But these companies is making millions. And these people is not sitting up there putting you in a position of power. Because you're the fall guy. When I see most of these companies and I see, if I see a, 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 a predominantly black, okay, like, okay, I, I worked at the warehouse. I seen most of these people was black. Or they was Mexican. And I looked at all, and when I looked at the administrative staff, the, the people that hire, you know, part of that institution, I looked at, I looked at the staff and I looked at the managers. I see it all the time. And I'm a person at work. I sit all the time. All their staff, the higher staff, they they, they they Caucasian, they this, they that. And I'm looking like, damn, they get they get to sit on their ass, drink their coffee, la la la, drink beers at the job. Cause I seen this also. They get to do all this, sit on their ass, and make all this money. But they never will hire a black person in that position unless he's going to be a fall guy, male or female. So me personally, I don't never look at a white person's success story and be moved by it. I never do. And there's no disrespect to white people because I have white friends. And I done told and I done talk to them. I got white Caucasian friends that's Republican. I'm not neither one. But these ideologies, the real of it is the real of it. These is real facts. And this was when reality hits hard. Nobody want to talk about it. I'm jumping around a broad subject. Because it's going to boil it down to one thing. And the one thing it is, is that racism is never going to stop. It's not going to never be a such thing as equality. They wonder why the crime rate is going high. Mayor, Kenny, all of They want to wonder why the, the, the crime rate is so high. It was never an equal playing field. It was never an equal playing field. Even from when my people was being sharecroppers and trying to, and they got free, they got out of the slavery and anything, they still try to give you pennies. <laughs> so at the end of the day, if we are in debt with a financial institution, even if we don't have the credit for that, but people of the superior race can go to a financial institution when not a great credit history, but off the off the goodness of their good white skin, they can go to these financial institutions and get a loan for such and such without all this background check stuff because her name is Kelly Bob or Tom. But since my name is this, this, that, and third, and I, I'm in the accessory of a person that was three-fifths of a man in the Constitution, 
I always been classified as an animal. The Constitution, I never heard that the Constitution can be took it from. I always heard it can be added to. And that's just from what I heard. And I'm going to do my research to make sure I go all the way into it because I know it's going to be a lot of people that's going to come at my neck about these things that I'm talking about. But I can tell you, I can give you all the references and resources to know what books to read because one of my favorite books is The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. And these books is, is powerful. We need to read these. That's why I'm striving so hard, even for black kids, especially our youth, even people that's a middle age and you know older than me, we need to educate ourselves and not just educate ourselves, but keep our kids out of these communities to do any crime. If you don't have no felonies and you're not subjected to parole or probation, move where it's predominantly our people and they in a position of power, like Georgia, certain parts of Georgia, even certain parts of Georgia is gonna be racist. As but we need to go to these areas and make sure our community, we clean up our community, we help in our communities. Because I'm sick and tired of seeing these people working day in and day out, these slave factories, getting paid pennies to help other people's community. And then it's so bad that you go to the, you work these hard end jobs and you're trying to, you're busting your, to make sure you maintain and help your your family out, and you're getting paid pennies. But then when you ask, Dan, I want to get a loan because I had an education now to go ahead and try to start my own business. It makes it hard for you. The capital. So we gotta get we gotta be subjected to the same old type businesses, be car washes. Try to have a car wash, a clothing company. No disrespect to nobody. I'm, I'm, if you're succeeding, in, I'm happy for people of a color. But we never get... Where is a predominantly black business? From Mexican to blacks to Dominic, Dominicans to Puerto Ricans to people of color. Where do you see these institutions that's Fortune 500 companies, that's insurance companies? Medical. What do you see these companies at? Because I don't see these companies. And if you could show me these companies, I'd be surprised. Because I bet you the percentages of these companies that's pro-black, Hispanic, whatever the case is, I bet your administrative body is not, is not people of their color. I bet you the administrative staff is pre-Domi Kelly Bob Atom. And who's really the overseer of your company? Because you might say I'm the president, but who's the overseer of your company? Because he's going to still tell you the policies of how to go about it this way, this way, this way. So it's just, it just strikes me. And I look at it, and I'm just, I started from the bottom to the top, and I'm going to go back to black men that's re-entering society. And I go back to this. Where is the help? For our black men that's enter society, because I'm I I I, I could tell you the disadvantages. I could tell you the disadvantages of society. I could tell you when you come home, and if you don't have no resources, you are like ninety five percent subjected to recidivism. It's all a cycle. You are a part of a system. This is a matrix. You are a part of a system, and you don't have no resources nine out of ten times. You're going back to jail eventually. 
you got to try to find your certification, find your way, or have a good background or somebody that can help you. But it's sad that we don't really have blacks that's in power that's really actually going to help our communities. We They quick to talk when they see a black person get killed. They see people of us that and they've been saying it because they grew up in the same environment we, we grew up in. But look, you know, notice, but look at the Will Smiths and them, man. They, they don't come back and really help their, their city, help their damn community. These people don't, they get these, 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 these millions of dollars, they don't really come back and help their city. Name them. It's only a, a selected few that really do. That's stars. And we ain't looking for a handout. Our black people ain't looking for a handout. No, we looking for resources. We looking for the help. Give me, give it, give us help. Give us a helping hand because everybody need a helping hand. Don't nobody make it to the top without a helping hand. So when a person say, I got it from the muscle, you didn't get it from the muscle. It came from many muscles. It was many people that helped you on your way, on your journey. If you made it to the top and you became successful, it was many people that helped you. Reputable people, whoever the case is, it's been many people that helped you on your journey. Where about my black people that came, that's re-entered society? Where's their help at? Because I sure as hell see all these Black Lives Matters moving, right? And I see these Caucasians, right? And I see these people that are standing side by side with them, and I respect them because they on the front line, right? But come in these communities with your good education and teach these people that's, that, that you're fighting for. Help these people. Put them, put them in the right direction. These accountants and these people that's just, you know... There's, there's a part of credit bureaus and stuff like that that had these necessary knowledge that these people need to get out of this poverty. They try to equal, try to try to equal the playing field, because for surely I don't see the playing field being equal because I never I'm in these communities, and I never see nobody coming in the, in, the, in the community having a job fair in our community. I just came home. I don't have money to go to get on scepter. This is an example. If I don't have money to get on get 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 the scepter, how do I get there for this job fair that's in Center City? Or I just another example. I just came home. I was locked up for a crime. I did shootings. I did all this, whatever the case is. I come home. I need to wear a gun. This is already in a, in a black man's head. It's all these trials he's facing. Where is help at? And if he don't have no resources. They, but they gave me five years of parole. And I'm on this. And I'm on five years of parole. And I can't leave the state of Pennsylvania. I can't leave this without telling my PO. And if I do, I'm in violation. I got a felony. I don't want to live like this no more, but I ain't going to have no choice because the system is rigged. The system is rigged for you to stay in your community. So you got to dip and dodge for two, three, five years, whatever the case is, your parole, your supervised release, whatever the case is, until you get off this parole and and be allowed to try to buy a house somewhere else. Do you know the chances of you making it and getting out of this community, especially without a, a PO or some type of help or resources to get you out of this community quick to relieve you of these trials because this is your environment and you know this environment, you know the chances of you succeeding 
It's slim to none. It's slim to none. It's only a matter of time for something to happen. And then you back. How many black people that you know that got violations, that violated their parole, violated this? And it's not because they wanted to violate their parole, but they didn't have no choice. And they say, oh, we got choices. No, you don't have a choice in a system that's already rigged, a system uh, or a bureaucracy that's bigger than you. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. The system is bigger than you. The system is not no one to two, three people or ten people. You can't even fight. Realistically, you can't even fight ten people by yourself. Especially politically. That has more knowledge than you. That had the best schooling than you. Because you most of the time you got a public school, a public school education. And them books old in our public schools. <laughs> and then you got to be self-taught because you got to be self-taught to survive out here. So you got to have a public, you got a public school education. You're not collegiate. You don't have a position of power. You're already three fifths of man in, 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 the, in, in this country, this racist country. And it's so sad because they say in order to get by, you got to work with the, the Caucasian. And I'm not Nation of Islam at all. <laughs> but why do, if I want to help my people, I got to use y'all as resources to help my people to get ahead in life? Because y'all are the predominant superior entity inside this country. That run these financial institutions that had these positions of power. So in order to get by, I gotta go through your scrutiny, your racial profiling, your scrutiny of my background to get this, to get that. But you got the Jay Z's or these individuals that want to talk about prison reform. You got these individuals that want to talk about prison reform and helping these black people and freeing this. Okay, we've been having a little process. We've been having a little things that's been happening that's, that's doing. Okay, nonviolent offenders. I've been saying it, and they only letting you out because they're going to put you, still subject you to the recidivism when you come home anyway. Because, okay, just because we're letting you out, we know nine out of ten times you're going to go to hell back. Because we, lo- we locked you down for 15 to 20 years. And the chances you making it is not really high. For every black person that can re-enter society and see the success story like me, myself, and others, think about how many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of black people that don't make it and go back to jail. How many people that choose, damn, man, he got, he got locked up again. He got a violation. Damn, man, it was only, he, he, was, he, he couldn't stop smoking weed. Oh, damn, he, he, he had this. But you got to go deeper than that. You got to go deeper. Why did he start? Why is he so stressed that he had to resort back to drugs? Why did he go back to that? Why did he regress back to that? He regressed back to that because the trials that faced him, he wasn't strong enough. So he regressed to selling drugs. 
smoking weed again, they're picking up a gun again because these institutions that they want him to work for nine or ten dollars, eleven dollars an hour. They want you to work at Mickey D's for seven twenty-five. You can't survive off that. You can't pay rent. This is not sufficient income. But they keep talking about that we gonna make what they call it? What they call it again? They call it um I I I'll get back to that, but it's like you starting at a job that's eight twenty five, eight dollars. I remember when I came man, listen. I came home, I was subjected to a uh uh and this from a person that was making money, you know. You know, we all, I mean, even a pack boy in our hoods, in our streets, make more money than this when I, when I tell you. I came home, and I was working for, you know, a job, whatever case is, and I'm not going to put him on record. And I came home, and I'm working for him, and I'm talking about this, like, this, like, it's like, it's like slave, I'm talking about a slave type job. I'm talking about we going hard, we busting up, they on us about distribution. Like, this is supposed to be a reentry program, but you're getting paid for it. I'm talking about, like, they, like, on us, like, 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 they more worried about the quota than they worry about really helping us. These workshops is bullshit, all that. And I'm working for this, I'm working for this company, and I'm, and you know, me as an intelligent individual, I start to think a little bit deeper. And I'm I'm working for this, and this became, before I became a warehouse team leader, you know. And I'm working, I'm busting my, ass, and I'm just trying to make it. And I and I got a um, you know, I got a a family, you know, I got a, a loved one that you know I love, and I'm trying to help her at the same time to show how my strength and try to, you know, educate her on the same thing and try to get her uplifted at the same time. And I'm going hard, and I'm talking about it was so much stress and trial and stuff like that. And I ain't have no place to stay at this time, you know, because I can't, I can't live with mommy and dada. I can't do that because I'm a man. So, you know, my choice is whatever the case is, it is, you know, because I'm, 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 I'm in a system that, you know, that's a flawed system that want me to go back anyway. I looked at it like, damn, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to defeat the odds and, and make it happen and get this and get that. And I need income. I need capital. And I don't have credit history. And I didn't have a license at that time. I didn't have this. And I'm subjected to SEPTA. And I'm doing all this. And I'm getting paid $325 a week. $326. That's getting taxed. That's getting taxed. $326 a week. <laughs> that that can't even afford you a room inside the state of Pennsylvania, inside Philadelphia. Because if you can pay $326, and this is a re-entry program, this is something that's supposed to help us. Because I'm not a non-violent offender. I am a violent offender. I have violence in my background. Even though it's from 10 years ago, and that's the good thing. That's a good thing. But because they don't usually do a background check that's longer than that. And they do like a seven-year background check. But it's just sad because I'm working and I'm coming home and they they looking they don't so you gotta work for these reentry programs and you working hard and you busting your ass day in day out as a violent offender because you got gaps in your history so you gotta work you gotta slave for these companies for a year 
I slaved for this company for a year because it was hard for me to get other jobs because of my background. And I'm talking about I'm slaving, I'm busting my ass. I'm talking about I'm getting tired. Like I'm it, it was exhausting. I'm talking about tired. I'm only but I'm only making three hundred and twenty-six dollars. And I'm trying to accept it, get there, make it happen. And I was a person that came home to a little bit of resources. But I had the intel I had the knowledge from the Muslims and you know, from my brothers, you know. I had the knowledge and I knew people, so they helped me with things because they already on their feet. Not financially, but they gave me the knowledge of how to operate things. And I already had knowledge. And I know for us as being black people, there's no such thing as a success story without blood, sweat, and tears. Because we didn't grow up with silver spoons, golden spoon, diamond spoon. We ain't grow up like Donald Trump. We ain't grow up with a family that's already has a business. We ain't grow up with a family or a mom and a dad that died that left us with a whole lot of money to go ahead and make these things happen. We don't have that. A lot of us don't. Our moms and dads are struggling. So what do I look like as a man that came home at a certain age to ask my mom and dad for a damn thing? So I got to struggle through this by myself. I was subjected to sleeping on floors and blow up beds, things. See, nobody want to talk about, everybody want to talk about where you at now. Okay, I got a little bit of money now. I got this now. I got, no, let's talk about the dirt for the people that came home. That's subjected to these things. They're sleeping on people's floors. They're busting their ass day in and day out. For $326 or $220 check, you can't survive off that a week. Because the grocery bill, that's over. So what you going to say, okay, I'm going to get free medical. I'm going to get government assistance. They're going to give me this certain amount of money a month for food stamps. At the same time, I'm doing this. So that covers my food bill. But where do I get my housing from? I got to stay inside a halfway house. For six months to two, a year to get housing because the list is so long and I'm a black man. But even though I didn't have to do that because I, 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 wasn't, I, I didn't subject myself to that belittlement. But if I did have to do it, I would have had to do it. Because I seen black men that came home that wanted to do the right thing and had to wait for long periods of time to get housing. From government assistance, and they stuck his ass in a in a predominantly crime-ridden area. Even though he's older, what if he was younger and he didn't have nothing, and you stick him in this crime-ridden area because you won't let let him out the state of Pennsylvania because it's parole, and y'all not quick to let him out to go try to learn something new somewhere else where he ain't got to look over his shoulder and say, "I gotta carry this gun on blow somebody," because it's stuff that happened. My Pass or anybody pass from non-violent to violent offender, we still got to subject our stuff from, ourselves from stuff that we did from years ago. And we got to stay on point when we in crime-burning areas, even if we don't have beef, because you got the robbers. But before you got the robbers, you got the racist Ku Klux Klan-ass police that's on your ass because of your record. I 
was pulled over one time and I'm a legitimate civilian, but I changed my life. I came home. I got pulled over because of my name. The police asked me. I asked him. No, let's, let's, let's start. I asked him. I said, what, what did you pull me over for? He said, he said, he said, um, I just wanted to do you got any drugs or guns in the car? I said, oh, that's not a probable cause. I said, what did you pull me over for? Did I do anything wrong with my motor vehicle? Like, did I do anything wrong with my motor vehicle? No, no. I'm just asking you, sir. Do you got any? I said, listen, man. I said, listen, I'm not doing none of that. I'm not asking these questions. I said, what did you pull me over for? Because I'm in an area and I went to go see my mother that still live in a certain area where I come from. But I was just happy to come see my mother. And I don't live in this area no more. I live in a better area. So I just come to see my mother that's, that, you know, she she got this. I don't know, man. But anyway, I just went to go see my mother and really tried to go to see my mother. And I just going back to getting out of this area. And they pulled me over to ask me, do I got guns and drugs in the car? And I was wondering in my head, I wanted, to, I wanted to be so disrespectful. I wanted to say, damn, did you tell them white people every time you pull them over, do they got guns and drugs in their car? No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You already got your hands on your gun and everything. And then the only reason why I think he really left me alone is because I said something real to him. I'm like, I'm not doing none of that. I said, don't you see these, these, these work items in the back of my vehicle? I said, that means that I work. I'm a civilian. That don't mean I, I'm, not a, I, I'm not a drug. I'm not none of that. I'm not none of that. No more. I'm not that no more. I'm a changed man. But you already looking at me bad. If he didn't see these work items in the back of my vehicle because he know that, oh, he working. He a slave anyway. <laughs> so he working. So we're going to let him go. But the way I was dressed, I guess he, he thought I was a criminal. It's just so sad. It's sad for us. And I and I just, you know, it's deep for me because I just look at it like for a lot of black people that come home and they don't have the resources, they don't have all this. They don't have all help. And it's sad because without the resources, without the help, you're subjected to recidivism. Everybody want to speak on Black Lives Matter Man, it's deeper for me, especially for us that, and I'm not knocking, you know, these you know these these people that's helping, that's trying to help us and push us. But you got people that's coming home that was wrongfully convicted after 29 years. That's coming home. They might not even got a lawyer to sue these people for a wrongful conviction, and the only time a lawyer want to you know make them not pay a penny out of their pocket for a wrongful conviction. It's because they want the publicity too, because they're gonna get the money back for the case and they going they want the publicity. So a lawyer just don't just take up your case just to take up your case without a penny. He's taking up your case because he's gonna get the publicity. And that that's gonna and that what that publicity is gonna get people to wanna say, oh, I'm gonna go hire lawyers such and such. But you got people that wrongfully convicted. Or these people that made a minor mistake. And for these people that do come home that didn't make a minor mistake and they 
you know, they was guilty and they pled guilty to this. After 20-something years, 10, 15, 30 years, they come home. What is they subjected to do? I got to go on government assistance. Where's my help at? Where's my reform? Where's the programs for a black man that came home? I see a lot of programs for women. And put them in this, that, third, real quick. But where's the programs for the black men when they come home? What am I subjected to? Because I got gaps in my history. So I got to go work for a job to see $8 an hour. Where's these pro-black groups? These famous stars. Where is y'all at to help these individuals? Now, I'm not asking for no help because I don't, I, I, I'm cool. But where's the help at for my black people? And I don't care if, about the black people that laugh at me and say, damn, why are you going in there? It's not, it's not even a la- it's not even a laughing matter. I don't care how you look at me. But the real the realness of this is that we got black brothers that come home. And y'all and, and everybody don't have the resources. Everybody want to speak the game and say the game is this and the game is that. But these people ain't got no resources. And when I mean resources, they ain't got shh. They ain't got a famous cousins or a famous this or a star this or this, that, and third. So y'all quick to say that this person is a bad person. We subjected it, we subjected to a system that's rigged. The chances of them dudes making it is hard. And I don't know every black person in the hood, but I know what the ghetto is like. And I'm from the ghetto. I'm not from the hood, I'm from the ghetto. I know how hard it is. I've been through it all. So for every last one of us, the question is, where do our black men get get help at? Y'all saying stop knocking down the black. Where do our black men get help at? When do we put money back in our community? When when do we get jobs in our community? And then when we we start doing owning these Construction, our small little construction companies and our, our small little businesses, we quick to put these other people in power in a position, and not give them. Where's our our help at? When is we gonna help our people? Because in order for us to get out of this, we gonna need financial stability. You're not just getting out there just with a political join and saying, oh yeah, oh, just get yeah, us the topic right here. I'm going to go in on this topic right here. No, that's not enough. We need to bring that money back to our communities. Not illegally, legally. By creating jobs and opportunities and teaching. Teaching, educating. So y'all keep speaking, but you're not educating the people. You're not helping the people. Where is the education? Where's the teaching? Where's the help? Where's the people? I don't see all you nonprofit or you, you, you people that's, that's y'all quick to be on ABC, NBC, CNN, and talk about these topics. But I don't see y'all inside these communities. Period. Helping none of us. I don't see y'all get. I don't see y'all bringing y'all nonprofit organization helping every black person trying to get them a job. Because I'm pretty sure it's a lot of good black people. That's in the crime right now, and that's not in the crime right now. That want to not be in the crime, but they don't have a way. They don't have the education. They don't have the resources. Oh, you gonna say it's no? It's no way you ain't have. You ain't got a way. You ain't got this because of the the internet now. Man, that's a damn lie. 
if if that's the truth, then why why is so many uh, uh, of 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 our black people? Why is the crime rate is going even higher? Why the recidivism rate is going even higher? If that's the case, it's not just about the internet. You need people that interact with you intimately, talk with you, come help you, come counsel your people. Because if you okay, if you let anybody else tell it, they tell you, oh yeah, everybody inside, you know, the ghetto or the hood, they got some type of mental illness. <laughs> they got some type of issues. Every last one of them got issues. We've been targeted since the beginning of time. Because we know slavery wasn't abolished in the 1800s. It wasn't really abolished. It became eager J. Hoover. (laughs) Whatever that, 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 that racist dude name is. It became created. You got his FBI institutions and stuff like that. That's what it became. Because I swear to God, I don't see... Wallahi, I do not see these same cops going to these predominantly white communities because I live in there. Living them. I don't see them do the same thing they do in these ghettos and these hoods inside their community. And it's sad when you see a black cop treat their people bad, but go in these white communities and treat them with the utmost respect. I don't see this. I don't see white people getting targeted or pulled over left and right inside these communities. I don't see a liquor store or a drug dealer on every corner because they're going to go to the utmost power, the extent that make sure you don't come in here with none of that bullshit. They're going to protect their communities, but they're going to target our communities. You see the difference? Protect their communities, target our communities. That dude quick to pull a gun out and shoot your son, your daughter, because he already have an ideology, a, a, a false understanding, and think that every person is a gangster because he's seen the 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 hood movie Menace to Society. He think every black person with with, with braids that resemble old dog got a gun, and this person could be a college student. He could be on his way to be a, a famous NBA basketball player, but and they and they stick these people with these false charges. It would give him wrongful convictions. Now it messing him up. Because now he got a record. I'm, I'm not looking for expungement off my record. <laughs> I'm just talking about the black kids, the black sons that got to go through this. I don't want no son. I'm scared. And I'm telling every black person on this podcast that's listening to this that I've been through it and I swear, save your people. I don't care if you got to go on a run. I don't care. I don't care what I'm saying. I'm saying what I'm saying. I don't care if you got to go on a run to get out of your environment right now to go start your life on a better note. You need to go do it. You need to go do it. Because the only thing that's going to happen to you if you don't have the resources or the financial situation, they don't have the capital to get things done, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to regress. You're going to be trying so hard to make it happen and be a good person. Because the percentages of you going back, the recidivism is, is high. Because this is a system. It's only a, a so so few that really make it out the system. It's not. It's only so few of us that actually walk the walk the line of parole and probation and not get 
of a technical violation and go back for another year and get our probation or parole reinstated and then we get added another year, another year, another year. So you've been on parole for 20, 10 goddamn years and you've been incarcerated for this damn third. So this is a never ending story that's going to eventually, you're going to have all this time because you can't do a damn thing because your PO or your probation officer won't let you out of here because you got to be subjected to go back in the same environment without any resources and without any help. But a government assistance to tell you they're going to give you food stamps and medical or a workshop that's paying eight to nine dollars an hour. How can you survive? You see how many trials and barriers you got? But when when time go or, or Becky go to these welfare offices in Lansdale and the good parts of Lansdale and they want Section 8, you know where this Section 8 be? And they got Section 8 in these gated communities that's predominantly white. They don't stick them in this Section 8, the housing pr development areas where predominantly black people at in this crime. How many white people that you know in Section 8 that's in these crime-ridden areas? But I can tell you how many white people or Caucasians, and I'm not trying to be racist. I'm telling you the reality of this shit. I can tell you how many white people is in these areas when I drive trucks. And they got, and, they t and I'm like, and I'm like, damn. When I was doing movie job, I'm like, damn, this is a nice, this is a nice housing. This is a nice this. Oh, this is, this is Section 8 housing. Section 8 housing. And this nice neighborhood. It's no black people in this joint. But when I hear black people that's down southwest, South Philly, North Philly, and all these different areas and these rural areas, these where these crime rates is high, this section eight is not in the good area. My mom is fifty some. People is fifty some. They gotta be subjected to the. They not in the crime. These people been working hard for years because they ain't got the education or the resources. They never had the education and resources to get out of these areas. So these people been stuck in these areas for twenty, thirty years. They never got. They don't have no crime. Why are these people ain't in section eight in these? areas where them Caucasians at that I was doing jobs for because I'm going to tell you the reality is when a black person move in their community white people take flight because we devalue their community. The value of their community goes down because it comes with a stigma because we're thieves of a man, an institution, we are animals. So when we move in these communities, they try to hurry up and start leaving because they're saying, oh, drugs, violence, nastiness, hookers, bad attitudes, animals. Pit bulls, everything they want to sit up there and classify that the, the stigma of a black person that comes into their community. If it ain't racism no more, let's not even talk about black people. If it ain't racism no more, why do I see these landscapers, these pro-white companies, got these Mexicans working for eight dollars an hour, six dollars an hour under table? These dudes slaving for 14 hours out there. And this is for Hispanics. Y'all should think about it. Y'all in these warehouses and y'all only getting paid $9 an hour for all this production. Where's the We're we not even talking about black people. We're talking about Hispanics also. Where's the help for them? Oh, because I'm the Mexican. Donald Trump wanted to pick up, put up a wall. I'm only subjected to make only $9 an hour, $12. How can I survive off this? Only reason why you get, you give me $12 an hour because I'm working 14, 16, 16 an hour. I got to make a hell of an overtime to make sure I can take care of my bills. So I'm really breaking my back, and it's really unhealthy for me. I'm going to end the podcast like this, man. We got to wake up. This is the real. This is when reality hits.
It's when somebody need to talk about some real shit. This is what this the reality of it. When we gonna help us? Because I'm not trying to just stand on a political political platform. I'm trying to create my business for truck drivers, for people that just came home, for nonviolent to violent offenders. I want to help my people. If I create a business, I'm going to put my people in a position of power. I'm not going to keep talking about if I make it famous, I'm not going to put my, I'm going to put my people in a position of power. It's time to put our people in a position of power, and that's just what it is. And that's the reality of it, because they do it. We need to do the same thing. We need our own financial institution. We need our own black banks. Peace, people. I love y'all black people. Love y'all.